Well, we're very familiar with this in Toronto, the pain of rush hour. You know, the uh, Gardner, uh, it's a highway that slows to a parking lot each and every day right around this time. Well, in New York, there is a plan to fight congestion by actually putting a price on driving into central Manhattan. And that came one step closer to reality yesterday. And if it becomes law, drivers will pay uh, basically an automatic toll starting in uh, 2021. And the exact uh, price will depend on the day and time. So in other words, they're trying to put a cost on rush hour. Does that work? Is it something that could help ease gridlock and congestion in this city? Let's ask uh, Dale Bougian. He's the executive director of Canada's Eco-Fiscal Commission. He's looked into the, into this, and he joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Dale, good afternoon, and thanks for being with us. My pleasure. All right. First off, uh, can you just give us kind of the basics? What is this congestion pricing? Just exactly how does it work? Basically, congestion pricing is trying to tackle the problem of traffic at its root. And that route is that it's free for everybody to drive. It's free to get, get on the road. And because it's free for everybody, everybody does it too much. And collectively, that means we all pay the price. We all pay the price of traffic, that we all get stuck, essentially, with each of us making our own individual choice that makes sense to drive on a given day at a given time. Collectively, we're all worse off because it's free. So to solve that problem, we put a price on using roads and different ways to do that. And that means we value it. It means we look for alternatives. We might drive when there's others aren't driving. We might drive in routes that are maybe less traffic. We may take alternatives. We may carpool. We may take transit. We have incentive to try to find those alternatives. And as a result, everybody's better off. Okay, I hear what you're saying, incentivize people. And the best way to do that is usually through their wallet. That's why we have parking fines, right? So people don't illegally park. If you do so, there's a price to be paid. But when you say that it's free, uh, what would you say to those that are driving and listening to this right now who would say, listen, I've already paid for these roads through my tax dollars. This is not free, and I don't want to, and I shouldn't have to pay for these roads again. Yep. Fair enough that I, I get the concern around under, uh, affordability and that we all have lots of things we're paying for from, from gas taxes to income taxes and it all adds up. But the thing is, is that it's not free to be stuck in traffic either. If you are spending your time stuck in gridlock, that's costing you. Maybe not directly to your dollar, to your wallet, but your time matters. Your time should matter. Your time should be valuable. And if you're spending all that time wasted in a car, then maybe we can do better. Maybe we can all do better if we count both the cost to our wallet and the cost to our time. All right. Well, New York, we know, is considering this, and it's, uh, I believe, uh, already in place in Stockholm. Uh, do you know what the reaction was there in Stockholm initially to congestion uh, pricing, and is it now paying dividends? Yeah, super interesting story in Stockholm. So before they put this this, uh, this congestion pricing in place, it wasn't really a popular policy. So they decided they would start it just for a year. It would be a pilot project that wouldn't be there forever. They would just test it out. And at the end of a year, they'd hold a referendum, and the referendum would determine whether or not this policy stayed in place or whether they backed away. And everybody tried it, and congestion went down, air pollution went down, and people in Stockholm realized that this was a policy that worked for them. And opinions swung around, and they voted to keep congestion pricing after they tried it, after they demonstrated that it worked. 
All right, so is that uh, something that you would recommend that we look at here in Ontario if uh, we want to look at congestion pricing? Uh, I think, you know, there's the common sense component, but, you know, sometimes common sense doesn't rule the day, that you can tell people, listen, here's the evidence, here's what's going on somewhere else, this is working, but people are hesitant to reach uh, deeper into their pockets, that if you said, okay, we're going to test this as a pilot project uh, for a year, and here's the benefits you're going to see, and once they start feeling those benefits, then all of a sudden the political discussion kind of goes away and something could happen? Yeah, I think it's an interesting possibility. I think that it gives people a sense that there's an off-ramp, that they aren't locking themselves into something forever. Now, there's some cost here, too. I think that it's not going to be free to set up some of the infrastructure to set this up. So it may be hard to back away from that that trial, but I think that there's clever ways around that, of, of designing pilot projects that are simpler and more straightforward that nevertheless give you a sense, give people a sense of how this could work. You know, this kind of reminds me of what's going on in downtown Toronto right now on uh, King Street, right? we got the corridor uh, closed there so streetcars can get to and fro a little easier. It's a pilot project. We've heard from businesses that are hurting. But, uh, you know, at the very least, we're looking at something, a different way of doing it, and then we can gauge the results afterwards. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing. we got to try something. And this is, this is the most fundamental piece about, about congestion policy. Just building more roads doesn't solve the problem. If you build more roads, you actually make it easier for drivers to get on the road. And in no time at all, those new roads are just as choked up as the old roads. There's really good analysis from, from L.A. that has exactly this problem. More roads has led to more congestion. So you've got to, sooner or later, go after the root of the problem, and that is incentives. All right. And when we talk about incentives, uh, what's going on in places like Stockholm, it's not exactly toll roads like we've seen in the States or maybe even just the, the 407. Uh, the, the pricing is uh, it's a little different. Yeah, there's different ways to do this. So Stockholm has a cordon system. So if you kind of cross a line entering the city core, that's when you pay the price. Uh, similar systems in London, if you enter a certain zone, uh, then you, you pay a certain price. But you can also do other systems that are, that are even more elaborate. Uh, Oregon's playing with a system where you pay based on where you're driving and how much you're driving. You pay per kilometer, and they used uh, transceivers to identify where you are and when you are, and they charge you more when and where congestion is the worst, or you, you could do that. Uh, Oregon hasn't quite gone that far, but once you open the door to that technology, you can really target those incentives where you need them most. Okay, let me ask you a tough question, maybe one that you've never been asked before, because you're obviously a proponent of this, that you've looked at it and seen the results, but uh, what is, uh, for you, Dale, uh, the one negative, the one downfall uh, to this? I think it's attitudes. I think that, that there's a big barrier around trying this, and it's so easy to label this kind of policy as one more tax, one more cost. The costs are really concrete, right? Like, it's really easy to point to those new charges as something real and tangible. And it's a little harder to point to those benefits that are a little more abstract, a little more theoretical in some people's minds, even if it's worked somewhere else. So that that barrier of perception, I think, is a really important one, and it comes down to politics. Hmm. You know, I was thinking when you mentioned transponders, maybe privacy uh, is a concern as well, that all Mm. of a sudden I'm driving around with something that uh, the government can now track uh, not only how long I'm on the roads, but where I'm going. Yeah, great point. I've heard that criticism, too, and I think there's some legitimacy there. On the other hand, it's not like we're not doing that already with our phone. Google's tracking our data as to where and when we are. Traffic apps are doing exactly that based on our phones. Uh, so, so yes, it's a concern. Uh, hopefully there'll be ways to manage people's perceived problems around those challenges.
Yeah, and you know, it's funny. We got over that. Uh, the, those phobias, a lot of people did or those concerns uh, because of the convenience of the uh, smartphone and maybe if they saw the convenience of congestion pricing and that they were getting home a uh, better time and had more time with their kids and their family, uh, they might overcome some of these other things. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the real opportunity here, right? The chance to make our cities work better. And it's, it's not just our own lives and our own families and our time with them, though that does matter. It's also our economies. If we can move goods through our systems better, that makes the economy work more efficiently. It makes the economy stronger. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Dale, a really interesting uh, conversation. Really appreciate the time, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And there goes Dale Bougen, Executive Director of Canada's Eco-Fiscal Commission.